Game Boys. Hey there, Internet, and welcome to another episode of The Game Boys. Oh, Jesus. Podcast. My name is Lux with me as always. He's got to stop putting his cigarettes out in the forest. It's Griffin Davis. Uh, yeah, Detective Pikachu needs to really stop smoking cigarettes uh, outside Vermilion City. Well, we can't just do a quick riff about how your state's on fire and then get to Detective Pikachu. You can just sit on that for Sorry, 30 it's all seconds. I can, it's all I can think about. Seconds, it's all I can think about. Like, I would, if, if the movie theater was on fire, I would still be talking about Detective Pikachu. Well, apparently, because most of the place you live is on fire and all you can fucking talk about is Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, if the fire actually ever got to my house, which is in like a very like urban area, I would just be impressed. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of work for a fire to get you through know? to get through like the valley and all that. Yeah, no, it'd be a tough, a tough stretch. But hey, man, fire is persistent. <laughs> well, I guess fuck <laughs> fire me, is persistent. Fuck yes. me in my <laughs> intro. Let's talk about Detective Pikachu. The trailer yeah. came out today. I'm oh, very excited. Boy, is it one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I knew you'd have this feeling. So I've brought a little backup today, Lux. This is a very special episode of Game Boys. And we've got a full crew in today. We have two guests in the Game Boys lounge today. Which is very exciting. If you count the Porg, we have a full starting five or basketball team. Sure. That's yeah. That's what basketball is played like, right? We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for We're sure. huddled together. We're court. ready. And, and it's been a big news morning, so I need to start introducing our guests so we can get their takes on this, too. Uh, I'd like to first turn to my to my immediate right and welcome to the podcast. Funny comedian Alex Vaughn. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> thanks for coming on Game Boys. Uh, you know, uh, thanks for all our knees are touching right now. Which oh, is yeah. Nice. It's super, super cozy. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that we're uh, we're crowded around this uh, sweet microphone with our with our porg boy over here. It is a very sweet microphone. Yeah. It's very good. Never forgets a birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and not to be outdone, we also have uh, Daniel Emmons here today on the podcast. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, yes, dude. Now uh, we had both of you on today for a fe- special uh, double up guest episode because there's a very important game that we have to talk about, uh, which is Red Dead Redemption 2. But before we get into that, we need to talk about what happened this morning, because way too many news stories happened this morning, starting with Detective Pikachu. Let's get right into it, guys. Are we going Thursday night at midnight to Detective Pikachu? I am. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I... Yeah, I I I only watched this trailer on my phone uh maybe 30 seconds before we started recording and uh like I could feel like involuntarily like my my eyes kind of just like hazing over with just a little bit of like nostalgia tear like action and then you throw Ryan Reynolds in there <laughs> and some legit like like comedy like yeah, I'm gonna go see Detective Pikachu. Like uh, I'm mad about wait, wait, wait. it. Which part was legit comedy? Uh, I, what was the what's the mime Pokemon? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's some there's some there's some good shtick there. Yeah, I was the, just like Mr. Mime stuff was good. Hundred percent sold. Yeah, in fact, I can't think of a better inter- interrogation Pokemon than Mr. Mime. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, the most <laughs> off-putting weirdo just gesturing at you until you have something to say. Otherwise, the room is fully silent. Yeah, I would. 
crack like an egg. Um, some some big detective tropes I think they missed out on. You know, it would have been nice to have like a femme fatale in the form of like yeah. Lapras or Jinx, maybe. You know, <laughs> I feel um, like it would have to be like a, one of like the Eevee evolutions or something. Something with like some long legs. So they could have some of those like gams that go to the ceiling type lines that you get in the film noir movie. Right. Well, so here's I guess my immediate takeaway is that like everyone is very like confused, but like the power of Pokemon is going to take them to this movie anyways. Like the Pokemon look gross, right? Yeah. So that's that's. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if I'd say gross. I it's like the whole like how they made a uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh like uh. a stuffed animal mm-hmm. and Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. Like they're going for that weird. Like I never have imagined before in my life until like what like two minutes ago Pikachu with fur. Yeah, they're giving him yeah. the wrong type of fur. Though. Right. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, yeah. This is my <laughs> issue, right? Is that like when I say it's the worst thing I've ever seen, it's not because I'm not going to go see it because like. I'm going to get ripped and be there Thursday night and just be like so baked my eyes blend into my red ass face. But and I'm going to love it, I think. However, the fur is so fucked up like it don't it doesn't look like anything. They have like this creepy like toy animal fur. It reminds me of like um, of like a a dog that hasn't been given a bath. Like, you know, like a dog that needs a bath. It's like what Pikachu's. It looks like dirty fur. They look dirty. Pikachu's believe in soap. Like, (laughs) it's just like no animal should look like it's made of felt. And all the animals look like they're made of felt. And it's disconcerting. It's like, no. I used to my Pokemon being smooth, and I know these are not smooth mons. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is the smoothest Pokemon around. Uh, yeah, that's true. I've seen Deadpool. Uh, and definitely, maybe. Uh, it's a real hit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, like, I'm totally going to see it. Uh, I'm excited to see how weird it can possibly look is my thing now. Like, how far into the uncanny valley and, like, land of uncomfortable images, like, can they push this? Because if that's the trailer, imagine 90 minutes of that. It also feels like not an American movie in a way. Like, I don't know what studio is behind this, but it, it feels like when you see... Like a, like a Japanese movie studio, like make a live action anime or something. Like it feels like the production budget like isn't fully there. Like I don't. It yeah. seems it seems cheap in a sort of way. Like there's no actors in it. Like there it's. Yeah. Well, I guess Ryan Reynolds is in it, but he like went for two hours to a booth and like yeah. did his stuff. Yeah. Wait. So are these are CGI Pokemon, right? Uh, yeah, and they're fully are, CGI Ryan Reynolds that are, too. Yeah, that are designed by the CGI artists to look like puppets. Yeah, I, I mean, like, <laughs> like they did. They, d- d- oh, the design they, choices are making me they crazy. They did look like they were like almost like throwbacky to like like more like practical like creature effects, mm-hmm. which was but like yeah, they looked like Jim Henson. They looked Jim Henson for me. Like that's like the uh, the appeal of it. It's just like that. It's weird and like kind of like strange and a little fucked up looking. But like for me, I'm just like ah, oh, that's. I mean that's different. That's a choice. Like that's better than like <laughs> strongly a, a choice. We, weird like smooth Pokemon, but e- even like the Mister Mime, I guess at the end was like it looked like he was. I didn't know what he was made out of. It's just like <laughs> he looked like a Henson creation. It was, he was made from fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we have a lot. Uh, you know, I'm sure the internet will have to uh, kind of duke this out. But it seems like overall everyone's having a pretty positive reaction, which just goes to show the brand is. Strong. Strong in 2018, you know, oh. you can make a fucked up version of a franchise and people will still see it. Speaking of strong brands, let's talk Marvel for a second, because finally 
Stanley is fucking dead, and let's talk about that. Wait, 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 finally, have you been, like, waiting for this? Oh my god, yeah. He's 95, that's too old for Stanley to get. So you're just, like, mad at him simply because he's old? No, I just think that, like, <laughs> Stanley should have been, like, culturally dead. Like 15 years ago, and he just wouldn't. Oh he just wouldn't do it, and so now God had to take care of him. <laughs> He's not, he wasn't culturally dead because everything he made is now the only thing people talk about. I know, but like <laughs> he doesn't have to be in the movie. Okay, so you don't like the cameos. I don't like the cameos, and I don't like his comments about movies and comics and shit. I just don't think he has anything good to say anymore. <laughs> well, he definitely doesn't now. <laughs> exactly so, and aren't we all in a little bit better world for it? But uh, I think I we've know. got like it's ten. More. We were just talking about this before the podcast started. I think we have like 10 more years of cameos from Stan yeah. Lee, right? He pretty shot <laughs> okay. a lot of them. Can. Yeah, that's. I guess he won't actually be dead until the last Marvel movie they didn't splice him into airs. So I guess I'll be and 40. The, yeah. Um, so that's cool. And it might not, not end there. Like, they might just like, uh, what, like Peter Cushing him into like the rest of like, you know, Marvel movies till the end of time yeah, just, until people stop going to see them. Yeah, it's a CGI Stan Lee janitor cleaning up Stark <laughs> Industries. And saying something like, well, I've been here for quite a while. And that's his I, I want I want like a solo esque young Stan Lee, but he's still like sixty seven. <laughs> yeah, young Stan Lee would like still have like a congenital kidney problem and like bad eyesight. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, now that's uh, a this real this, brusque way to this, rush into this topic. <laughs> hey, this. look, man, I got feelings, and I'm not good at uh, pretending to feel otherwise. But, you know, I mean, I appreciate what he did, and I'm sad that he's dead in the sense of like he's an important part of comic book history. But also, I'm just glad not to deal with him. Anymore. I think there is a, I think there is a um, you know a, you know moving away from Stanley there is another type of, of hatred that hopefully I think we all share that can bond us together again before we get into the game and that's the trailer for Toy Story Four. What do you guys think about that that trailer that came out this morning for Toy so, Story Four? Trailer. What a generous word to use for it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys did you guys see it? Toy Story Four. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's I'm shooting, a, there's shooting a, from 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 the hip, over <laughs> <here>. <laughs> and fucking bullseyes on deck. Um, I don't know, Dan. And by hip, think? I mean he came uh, out with that joke ten minutes earlier, and then picked the bullet back <laughs> off the ground uh-huh. and shot it again. Yep. Um, but no, I, the, okay. All, all star because the trailer was stupid. Um, it's just a circular <laughs> shot of all the characters you know and love, plus a weird looking fork, and then they all kind of crash into each other and fall down, and then it says coming this summer, and that's the trailer you get. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know hardcore Toy Story fans will say we didn't even need Toy Story three because Toy Story two was pretty solid, um, but we definitely don't need Toy Story four, uh, which seems like the theme is uh, you don't need toys, you can make your own. I I don't know. I like that's it's got to be what it is, right? Because the it's like a fork. It's like, oh, look, they made their own toy. I guess it could. Who knows? Like, that's the th- this. This trailer could have just been a photograph. Like this trailer could have been a picture of all the characters together, and I would have learned exactly as much as I did from this fucking minute and a half of my life they stole from me. Yeah, I think it's just like no one needed Toy Story Four, so like the first trailer or teaser has to prove we need it, and this like proved the exact opposite. <laughs> no, totally. It's totally banking on like emotional, like on like the nostalgia reaction of just being like. All my favorite boys are back. And it's like, oh, no, we are, as a culture, burned out on that as a pure qualification because that's every fucking movie now. And, like, and it has to have more than our boys are there. The other weird thing that we we noticed, just like why, because we were forced to watch all these characters drift by in slow motion, is like half of the original voice cast 
is also dead. Like, like they're, they're just not not around anymore. So it's like, uh, you know, the, the nostalgia's there, but it's also like there's it's a little morose. Yeah, it's like the Pink Panther movie where he dies, and the second half is just like him on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a world! What a stupid, stupid world. Um, but before we uh, move on to our our main segment, which is the game we want to talk about, I wanted to ask each of you a little bit about your video game histories. Normally, we go in depth <clears throat> just about you guys in general, but we got two guests so we got to keep it a little short i'll start with you daniel uh daniel uh you know tell us a little bit about video games and their relation to your life uh been a huge gamer since i was like eight when i got the super nintendo nice as a kid and i've just been addicted to that shit all Mm -hmm. all my life um mostly uh what what addicted me most was uh final fantasy Mm -hmm. the original hell yeah played the shit out of that and yeah, mostly an RPG guy. Mainly RPGs. Yeah. And JRPGs in particular or just all across the board? Uh, used to be JRPGs, but now it's like all across the board because mm-hmm. there haven't been great JRPGs in a while. Sure. So. Dragon Quest Eleven is good if you haven't checked that out. Yeah. It's, uh, sol- it's I solid. I started it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a Dragon Quest game, so it's got yeah. all the dumb Dragon Quest shit, but it's fun. Um, you're speaking my fucking language. We can talk about RPGs all fucking yeah, day. There's but like I don't a base layer, I think, of JRPGs where it's like you did the thing, but I think like now to like grab like me or Daniel's attention in 2018 or in this modern day gaming, like they have to really like add another level or another yeah. layer of juice. Uh, I think Persona 5 does that really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there is sort of like a run of the mill JRPG thing that we've just like we've just we can it's like it's like you know the entire game already the second yeah. you start playing it. Um, yeah, it's but, just Joseph yeah. Campbell over and over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in a so. major, major way. And I'm nodding my head like I know who that is. The waifu um, with a thousand faces. That's a joke for <laughs> the real nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now moving on, Alex, what video up? games, so. you. Is it complicated? Uh, no, I mean, I, I wasn't allowed to have video game consoles in in my house when I was like basically all the mm-hmm. way up through grade school but um, I was a PC gamer Ooh. from the ripe old age of, I think like six or seven years old is when I learned how to launch the DOS prompt mm. for Doom nice um, yeah that was uh, <laughs> not a thing that I was supposed to do but I, I remember <laughs> being very uh, like taken with that at a very young age um, and then like the big sort of formative game um, I think was uh, when Half-Life dropped in 98. That was like the first like, one sort of like the big transition from like shooters like Quake. And um, it was like a like a game that I had campaigned for as like a like a like 10 year old boy. And um, I uh, I modded the shit out of it. Uh, I got really into Counter-Strike. My my golden years were like as a 12 year old like Counter-Strike player when I still had the reflexes. Um, And then, you know, as I got older, I got, you know, more into some of the other genres. Like, you know, we were talking about RPGs. Um, I, you know, had a really, really stellar GPA in uh, high school, thanks to EverQuest. Um, <laughs> to date myself a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been like a, a storied history. But like I, I can throw out my like top three, I think, which will give you a good idea of like where I'm at. Um, one of them, I think the number three is um, uh, The Witcher 3, which came Hell out yeah. uh, three years ago. Sure. And it's going to 
sort of be involved in what, what I want to talk about today about Red Dead 2. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, third uh, would be Half-Life 2, which I think is like one of the best shooters ever made. It was like a huge leap forward, and I don't think it's been really touched in some ways still to this day. And my number one of all time is Deus Ex, the original, which Ooh. is also Whoa. a genre-defining genre uh, Meisterwerk. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're into the games that kind of lay the groundwork for all the shit we play now. Yeah. I mean, like, the, they're, they're just like milestones that, that, you know, you, you play a game. Sometimes you're like, holy shit. Like, this is like one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky to, to be around and a, a geek long enough to, to play some of those. Right. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into this game because I feel like, we have that moment with this game mm-hmm. of like, this is a game that will influence the next 10 years of what yeah. people may be doing. For sure. Uh, so I think uh, without any more, uh, without any more uh, <clears throat> waiting, let's get into a little bit of history uh, about this game. <clears throat> In November 2002, Take-Two Interactive, parent company of Rockstar Games, announced that they had acquired Angel Studios, with it being moved to Rockstar Games label and being renamed Rockstar San Diego. Following the purchase, Rockstar Games executives reviewed projects and development of the studio to sort out what was worth keeping. Dan Hauser, creative director at Rockstar Games, remarked Red Dead Revolver, a game about shootouts in the Wild West, looked very good and caught the review team's eyes despite it being unplayable in its current state. Rockstar Games acquired the rights to Red Dead Revolver and let Rockstar San Diego go on to develop what would become the first installment in the acclaimed Red Dead series. Red Dead Revolver released for PS2 and Xbox in 2004, and while reviewed positively, it wasn't a major hit in terms of sales. Having exhausted the use of previous hardware and previous projects, Rockstar felt inspired after realizing the potential power of the PlayStation 3. They were going to make a spiritual successor bigger and grander than anything before. Analyst estimations placed the game's combined development and marketing budget between $80 million and hundred million dollars, which at the time would make it the most expensive video game ever made. Red Dead Redemption would release in 2010 and receive wide acclaim, selling over 15 million copies. The next decade of video games would become an arms race of open world gaming. It seemed that if every major studio would release a game with a world full of detail and exploration that would demand the player spend hundreds of hours to truly see everything the game had to offer. But it would be eight years before Rockstar Games would take us back to the Wild West once more with a prequel to Red Dead that would rival any other open world. Controversial reports of long crunch hours and unpaid overtime have plagued the development of the game, but have been overshadowed by its critical acclaim and commercial success. A mere two weeks ago, Red Dead Redemption 2 had the largest opening weekend in the history of video games, making over $725 million in three days, and over 17 million copies sold in two weeks, exceeding the lifetime sales of the original. But the age-old question remains, is it fun to play? And at what cost? <laughs> this week on Game Boys, we slow down, take in the scenery, and accidentally point our gun at townspeople with Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, Another video game tainted by horrible labor conditions. (laughs) Yeah, the only one to ever do that. Yep, not like we had like a four-week streak on the show talking about that every episode. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, let's start just like first. Let's just do first impressions, right? Because like no one's played this game. Like this is fresh shit. So why don't we just go around some first impressions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I I would just like to... Uh, avoid story stuff as as much as as possible because um, I feel like the the core of this game, what makes it fun, and when it's really firing on all cylinders, are when all of its like 
dynamic systems are interacting uh, with each other in a way that like one is unexpected and two forces you to do something that you didn't originally want to do. And it's it, sometimes it's not fun because of that. But sometimes it pushes you into these situations where you are kind of stuck doing something that ends up being like this whole other experience. and Which is a description for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like the, it's 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 awesome. Like um, that that the most time that I've spent um, on the game and I'd say I'm about halfway, just a little under halfway through the story and I've been I'm like 40 hours, maybe more deep, which says a lot about the length of the game. Um, I think the, the fact that I have spent as much time just like hunting and fishing and like walking and like looting corpses and like doing all these things that it, the game takes at a really leisurely pace. Um, it, it, it really goes above and beyond to sort of like, let you luxuriate in in the world and really has a sense of place that makes you not always want to start like the next mission like sometimes i feel like i'm just like it's almost like an impediment like i i don't want to do the, the the next big like letter on the map i mean i'll throw um, i'll throw out a little thing i have bare i've played probably at 40 hours and i've barely barely progressed in the story oh wow like i've yeah. just been doing my own shit i've been like mm-hmm. writing my own little narrative and making my own little movie about my my john marston um we can get more into that later but yeah i totally yeah. agree like i've just been exploring the way those dynamic systems interact and stuff to like fuck around and it is like i'll do a story mission to like get a new unlock a new area or like expand my options of things to fuck with, but mostly I've been fucking around with like the system and it's so cool. Right. How about you, Dan? Uh, I like how it's like leisurely, like it forces you to actually travel to places and there's like no real good fast travel. Even the fast travel, uh, I had a friend coin it as mid travel because it's uh, still cinematic as it goes. You still see the scenes in between places. Oh, it's not fast. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. Sometimes I fast traveled when like, was it faster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this actually, to you mentioned, Alex mentioned The Witcher, Witcher 3 before. This, this whole game reminds me of one of my favorite, I think I talked about on the show, favorite gaming experience I've ever had, which is when I didn't realize there was fast travel in The Witcher 3. And so I just rode my horse like I'd have to ride like all the way across Tamaria or whatever yeah. if I wanted to get anywhere. And I fucking loved it. I had so much fun. Eventually, I was like, OK, it's I, I this is taking so fucking long. But for like yeah. hours and hours, I fucking loved it because like you're just stuck in this world. It all feels so much more present when you're not just like, teleporting around. And I kind of love that about this game, too. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like even the fast travel, like keeps you in it instead of yeah. just like cut to loading screen. Now you're in town. Mm-hmm. And. Also, it's like you will miss out on those things uh, like somebody getting robbed or somebody needing a ride, which so you do bounties in the game, right? One of my favorite things is like you can uh, when you put them on your horse and you're traveling back Mm -hmm. with the bounties, they're sitting there talking. I just want to let them talk i don't want to shut them up you don't hit them yeah i don't hit them <laughs> there's an option to hit them to make yeah. them stop <laughs> but i'm just like this is just so interesting i yeah. i like this or uh have you guys encountered the pig farmer yet mm-hmm. uh, i have not oh yeah uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't spoil that but. yeah i don't yeah. want to spoil that but <laughs> it was one of those things where i'm like i know how this is going to end but i still want to see how this goes so yeah actually dan dan brings up something that um is is really 
sort of what makes the game so engrossing. It's that, and and people like you read this in reviews all the time. It's just like, ah, oh, it feels like a living world, which is like, you know, I Used feel like everything. Yeah, I feel like that standard is always lifted. You know, mm-hmm. with every generation and, and every big major AAA release that is like kind of open world. But the the amount of polish and detail that Rockstar put into all of these little events that happen, and they're they're scripted. You know, but the uh, the lengths to which they script them are insane so like without spoiling it that you know there's there's an encounter that i had that kind of took me into one of the major towns and um it was a guy who uh was hurt and um he had to seek medical attention and there's this whole sequence that like you 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 get him to the doctor and the doctor's like oh cool thanks and the guy's like thanks and you get your like honor or whatever maybe you get like a hair tonic or i you know you, you get your little thing and then you can walk away or you can just hang out and watch this guy get medical attention, and it is really real. Uh, it is intense, and it's like I didn't really. I I, I had a friend who kind of stuck around and and like let the sequence play out, and I walked away into the sort of street where a bunch of other dynamic things were going on. And it was the trust that like I knew that Rockstar had a full like animated like scripted Mm -hmm. sequence for whatever was going on in that back room that made the world feel um grounded and like Mm -hmm. lived in and it's just that extra layer of polish that really makes you feel like yeah like this doesn't feel empty when i'm like wandering around in the wilderness you know or in town or wherever and that doesn't even feel like an extra layer of polish that feels like a giant step from every other video game i've ever played i mean i've just never seen npcs like this before every action you do in the world matters they remember it and it's just like everyone has agency like all these things like just matter so much more than even in their last game Grand Theft Auto 5. I mean, most of the citizens have been pretty faceless and blank in Grand Theft Auto games. Mm -hmm. They're just there as targets for you to hit with your car or shoot and stuff like that. Like, the characters in this game, like, really feel like people Mm -hmm. that have needs and wants and desires and reactions. And it's just, it's like no game has added this amount of voice lines. I mean, the amount of voice acting work in this game is just, it's incomprehensible. It's such a, so much, it just blows everything else out of the water. And the degree of character-specific mode moments like the quantity and the quality of them actually bails out what I think is some pretty D minus like cinematic dialogue writing. I think a lot of the writing and performance in the cinematic scenes is like not as good as I expected. Honestly, I thought they were going to be better, but, and so at first I was playing it and those things were happening and I was like, am I going to have to sit here and listen to like, all right, pard, we're going to go round up the cattles and then we're going to do some cowboys. Like I didn't want any, I didn't want just like endless of that. But then you start going and you get these like little offhand interactions. You walk by people having conversations and the same characters who are like boring in a cinematic are suddenly like so alive, just having like Mm. two line exchanges with strangers on the street and stuff. And that makes everything. It's like, even though I don't like the cinematic scenes, I'm still super invested in them because I know these people are real, real Mm. um, because of all the other shit that I get to see. Like it bails out. It's so good that it covers up what I think is like uh, what in other games would be a pretty notable flaw. And in this game doesn't really feel like a big deal because of all this other work that exists, which is a testament to how crazy that amount of work is. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking of just the character design, not just of the characters, but mm-hmm. like of the what would have been faceless people mm-hmm. like in other Rockstar games. It was just like you had three or four body faces. types, faces yeah. and mm-hmm. all that stuff. This 
you have like they went to great lengths to create several different body types like look like actual people it looks like how people actually look in real right life. yeah i think body types really do elude uh video games in a lot of ways yeah. like you're really either just like businessman body like yeah. just like straight and flat or like lady yeah you know like in most times there's not like different sizes of people there's not, there's not even like short people and tall people they're not like, business ladies it's like everyone they're, is they're, six foot business yeah. suit man and then you know five eight business suit lady yeah. like are the body types yeah and yeah it's insane just like mm-hmm. that was like the first thing i noticed with right. like going into valentine i'm like oh this looks like this looks like a plains town with like all these like hard grizzled people, mm-hmm. they're not good looking people, right? Which is they great, look dirty. Which is yeah. I'm so into that aesthetic. Everything is fucking dirty and grimy. Um, we can talk about our specific characters. Well, you guys know teaser style. My specific character is extremely dirty, maximum, <laughs> maximum grime. Yeah, let's go quickly before I want to get into story, but let's go around and say uh, what's the cleanliness of your character visually? Uh, <laughs> not. All right, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely doing the mustache with the mutton chops. Nice. But yeah, he's he's not the cleanliest. A lot of lot of face down time in mud. Sure. Are you growing your beard, Alex? Oh yeah. No. Um. I I found that good good hair tonic. Mm. Uh. But I um I kind of have gone through phases that the the game story kind of takes you through uh, a couple different areas, and I've I've always dressed for success in the well. <laughs> um, so like you, you get uh, a little further further down. Um, in the map and the climate kind of changes and so yes. and the sort of like the culture changes a little bit too so mm-hmm. I was like you, you go know, down I'm, to like a New Orleans type town yeah like more civilization so I'm I'm like you know what like I, I have to like dress proper and you know I gotta make sure that you know the sleeves are tucked but uh, basically uh, my general cleanliness vibe is I take a bath yes you can take baths in this game like maybe like uh, like once every like sit down playthrough but the most important thing is that I have the um, the the Wyatt Earp handlebar oh, situation nice. going on yeah. with the uh, close cropped like beard and chops. Like the way that you can sculpt your facial hair in this game is dumb, but it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot more work than it deserves. Griffin, how are you cleanliness wise? I keep on trying to be a clean boy, uh, <laughs> but just like in IRL, it eludes me. Um, you know, he grows his beard every like 30 minutes. Like yeah. you shave that thing off and that puppy just grows right back. His 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 like hair growing skills are insane. Uh, so I try to keep clean shaven, but like over the course of the mission, I start looking like Bradley Cooper from A Star is Born. Uh, so that's generally like my usual kind of medium right now. I don't want to go full beardy man because, you know, I got business to do in town. Um, but anyways, I want to get into the story of this game. So uh, it, it takes place in an interesting time in the Wild West. The other one did the, the original number one did two was, was set in 1919, I believe. 1911. 1911. Yeah. So it's like the death of the Wild West. And this yeah. is a few years earlier, but like the, the story is still like the West is over and it's kind of like this group of bandits that are kind of this pseudo just like cult that follow this cult figure. And they're going from, you know, town to town trying to keep this idea of the wild west alive and basically failing at every turn it's like the crooked uh 
Wild Bill's show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like they're they're going from town to town. You got a bunch of like crazy like cell guns and like mm-hmm. grifters yeah. and basically what we considered scum of right. a lot of society. But they know? do also an interesting job at like they include women in 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 the group and 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 black people people that were like outcasts from normal western society or like you know were uh you know discriminated against and stuff yeah. like that people that like used like the the cult to like kind of like find their you know individuality and and you know their freedom in a way so it, it is interesting all the and then, then there's some people like micah that are straight up murderers uh, yeah <laughs> well I, and that's oh man that's that's a really great segue into like i think the thing that holds the story together and one of the things that I feel like uh, Grand Theft Auto V really sort of fell short on and this is like it is a sequel to Red Dead Redemption but it's like moreover a sequel to Grand Theft Auto V in terms of like everything that they learned about that game yes but like the characters in this game um, despite, uh, and I agree, like the the cutscene dialogue is not that great directed or or written, but like the 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 characters, the performances are so great that you get characters like Micah, where you're immediately like, "Fuck this guy!" Like oh, yeah. I just like he's just the worst. Um, but uh, beyond that, it, it creates this dynamic, and like I, I know you've been calling like Dutch's like gang of outlaws. They are a little culty, but it's like mm-hmm. the whole theme of family that's immediately like important to the player where Mm -hmm. you're like yes i will go take a break from you know doing my own thing to make sure that the camp has ammunition Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and food and stuff like that because there are all these weird fun dynamic encounters that happen in the camp that make it feel like these people are are real legit people that you care about and i mean you know uh to me that sets up the stake like I'm, i'm only halfway through the game again but like for, for me, it's like, okay, well, but what is going to happen to these people? Because some of the characters that... that it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. And all the promo stuff is like, oh, we're outlaws for life. And it's like, okay, well, how long is that life going to last? And, right. you know, just like this, by the nature of this being a prequel, we already know that some of these people, most of them are not around. I've never remembered characters' names in a video game more. Yeah. There's been a few JRPGs where I remember my core party, but I think the combination of every mission getting to ride with a different member of the gang, getting to hear them talk. Like, I know, like, most of the characters of this camp, and I yeah. don't have a good memory. No. Like, it's, uh, it, you really get to know these people, uh, and it makes you want to do the side missions where you just get to spend more time with them. Like, yeah. there's, like, little side missions to go fishing or hunting with certain characters. And in a lesser game, that would have been, like, all it was was just the mini game of fishing yeah. but there's like dialogue story and sometimes even like a left turn that like actually turns into a slight yeah. mission yeah. sometimes on these things um, so, so i think that's really all important so y'all okay so i've done a little bit of this but y'all are playing this game very differently than me because like i said earlier i'm sort of trying to make my own movie and basically the plot of the movie i'm making is that john marston is a psychotic homeless man who just wants to help so i'm riding around carrying all of my animal skins on my horse all the time. I don't bathe, nor have I cut my hair or shaved. And I try to get people to let me help them. And often they react very negatively and then things go downhill. And that's the story that I'm playing out. And it's super fun because, and I know that all this cool stuff is in the game and eventually I'll like shave and take a bath and like take the bloody skin off my horse and like go talk to like real people. But 
I love that like the game is so dynamic and it has so many different like reactions sort of built into it and so many different like chain reactions sort of like if you do that if you do X then Y then Z then A B then B then C things built into it that just like doofing around pretending to be like a psychopath like creates enough of a universe that you can just play that game instead. Yeah, we talked on the show about how like I like will try to find ways to play games my own dumb stupid way and like find my own little ways to play narrative with them and like this game. I've never played a game that has so many options for doing that as this game. Like this game makes Skyrim seem like a like linear choice tree. It has so many ways in which you can experiment with it and play around. Here's where I push back on that actually, because it's like, there is this like scale of like honor in the, in the game where it's like good guy, bad guy, you do nice things, you become a good guy points, bad things. But it's like, there was missions where it's like, Am I the good guy anymore? If I'm sh- if I'm like shooting up yeah. this whole town, like there is a narrative like dissonance, I think, yeah. to like the morality and like the true level of choice you do have, uh, which is actually why I'm excited to play something like Red Dead Online, which I think will like truly let me be a white hat and like truly just do good stuff in that world. But like there are missions and narrative missions that require you to be the worst person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's even- I'm staying away from the narrative so I can be a happy hobo. Right. Yeah, and you would have to because like if because I'm trying to play the game like as a good person but then like I go and do a mission where it's like well it doesn't matter like how many nice people I suck the venom out of their legs from on the side of the road or like took a woman like who's like was crushed by her horse back to back to the hospital like then at the next mission I shoot I shoot up a whole town you know so I just feel like there is this like I I, it feels like there actually isn't really a whole lot of choice in whether I can be a good guy or a bad guy in the game at the end of the day Uh, and I think that's just simply how the missions are structured Um, without any like story spoilers i just want to say like a lot of the missions are really great but it feels like the structure of every mission is conversation with your friend a few interesting interactions in a space and then a shootout mm-hmm. yeah uh and i worry as the course of this game that that structure gets repetitive boring and and like removes my ability to to choose what kind of story I'm making, what kind of character I'm playing. Right. Well, I think that the game gives you like, like the way that I'm playing it, right. gives a lot of like freedom of space and freedom of like design things and able to do weird shit. But once you're on the narrative path, I don't think you have as much choice largely because if nothing else, these red dead games and even the later grand theft auto games really want you to feel weird about the things you're doing. Like question the ethics of like the game and the stories the game is based on and the world the game takes place in. And like once like satirize and challenge, like the assumptions built into all that shit. Mm -hmm. And so like, and like this game does a great job of that. Like I think we talked about this last week, actually, like when you're killing a bunch of people in a town, they're screaming and they're like crying and they're making freaked out faces. And you have to feel that like you just did murder. Like it's brutal. Just, like, it's, yeah, it's way more just intense. Rack of points. You like did murders and like a lot that's of murders. a lot of murders. And like that's like a thing that games don't really ask. Games usually go out of their way to make sure you don't contend with that idea. Like games try yeah. really hard to make you not confront that. And this game tries really hard to do that, which is really cool and artistically interesting, but I think Griffin's right also kind of makes it kind of hard to be like, I'm the good guy. Like you can't feel like the paladin in this game really, like no matter how nice you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. And it's all, yeah, that, the level of realism, like I've never played a game that looks this good, but far I think it's the best looking game in terms of like yeah. realism graphics. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I've ever seen by a long shot, but oh, then yeah. that, like, that realism backfires in certain ways when it's just like, 
it was so much easier to do a mission where you shot a bunch of people in like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because everyone looked like blocks and yeah. it was like cartoony. So it was there was like this weird satirical nature to the violence. But like in a game, it's like very grounded and real and there's different body types of people and everyone looks like they're a person and they'll say different things to you and react. It just like it, it becomes harsher, or more brutal um, in a way that is like sometimes a little too much for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. There you come across uh, the clan randomly yeah, in here. I have. And there are times where it's like I even though like I know they're there for you, the player to torture and all that <laughs> uh-huh. stuff. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I can have the heart to shoot this guy because it looks like a guy. And it, like eventually, you know, I end up fucking with him. But <laughs> it's like there's a split second like. Oh, this is a person. No, it's it's a game. Uh, but yeah, like even like I try not to, especially in duels, I try not to kill the person. I try to shoot the gun out of their hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man, that duel mechanic is like, it's not my favorite. No. <laughs> right. well, let's get into Let's get into mechanics. Yeah. We talked a lot about story well, and, and morality. Uh, I, I want to just like, because this is like kind of related, uh-huh. but like um, th- this is uh, in chapter three. It's the beginning of chapter three. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil any any too anything big but that i think the mission so far and i have not finished the game that encapsulates this whole sort of experience is called the new south and it does not open with like a like the sort of like weird structure that you were talking about where it's a cut scene um you literally just walk up to dutch who's like the leader of your camp and it triggers this sort of like scripted sequence you get on a horse and then halfway through this you're like oh this is a mission and then there's a scripted sequence where you meet a couple new characters. Mm-hmm. There's a big sequence that happens mm-hmm. um, that's like kind of serious and involves like, you know, the combat mechanics. And then you get a choice at the end of it, which is like, do you want to do this thing or do you want to go back to camp? And mm-hmm. if you choose to do the other thing, it's like this like awesome slice of life with like a couple of the main characters of the game where you get to like learn about them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when the game is doing that instead of the sort of like, sandwich mission structure of like Mm -hmm. cutscene, uh horseback conversation exposition shootout horseback conversation exposition cutscene. it's it's so good but Mm -hmm. a lot of the game still feels kind of like rooted in a a structure of quest giving that's like over a decade old in some ways or at least the the story structure of the mission itself like is very repetitive at times i mean it's, it's all still pretty like fetch quest like structure in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and it's sort of like everything else in this game is so innovative and new that the fact that it's often like talk to me then go here get the yeah. thing come back and I'll give you a different thing it feels so weird sometimes yeah. it's yeah. really disjunctive with that and it's a little frustrating but then like um, there'll be a party at night where there's no mission and nothing to do but just interact and just like spend time with the people at camp yeah. sit down and listen to a story at the campfire or hear them sing a song <laughs> yeah. or you know? sing with them yeah, you or can sing actually with sing them. with them yeah um, yeah hearing Arthur sing is so funny oh my god uh, a thing that it really does well like bringing back to Skyrim uh Skyrim had this like end of the world like you got to rush and then you're off going catching butterflies while right. the world's in pending doom because yeah, the main quest in Skyrim sucked yeah we have talked about this on the show before that shit drove me <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> I remember there was a dragon attacking and this little girl was like help me find my doll and I was just like oh if you were not a child I would punch you in the face this is crazy <laughs> anyways go on I hated that shit but uh at least with Red Dead there's no 
rush to anything. It's like you need to find this. Like even the first one, there was kind of a uh, a hesitant urgency, a sense of urgency. urgency yeah, yeah. Uh, that you needed, and like going around and skinning animals and stuff felt like important. But with the structure of this game, a lot of it is just like the narrative is you going out and fucking around like yeah, makes money uh, figure stuff out yeah yeah so i really really appreciate that yeah and i think that changes over the course of the game the main quests start to feel like so back to back and so urgent that like it starts to be hard to want to do the side stuff is what i hear from people later in the game yeah. but i agree with you so far with like the first half but let's talk about the shooting guys Ooh. what do we think about the shooting in it this game feels like it's stuck in the 2009 was when the first one came out mm -hmm. 2011 2010 2010 yeah. yeah it reminds me of gta 5 a lot yeah you know it's yeah got, it's got the little dot it's kind of magnetic is what yeah. i would describe it as it's uh, it's less about uh aiming and more about uh popping out of cover to like magnetize onto somebody and then just bumping up a little bit Bump to get to that. get a headshot yeah mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i i don't i don't like it i i mean it's it, I wasn't surprised that, that that was the kind of the, the system that they were going with just because of like, you know, GTA five and, mm -hmm. you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, mm -hmm. But it is a little bit. Um, and if you play a game like um, uh, Max Payne three, which they basically took up the reins from remedy mm -hmm. and, and made a really incredible third person shooter and GTA five took a lot of cues from, from that sort of gallery. And then you see it dumped into Red Dead, which has all these amazing dynamic systems. And then like the core combat mechanic is just like, like I I barely use uh, the actual like aiming system in the game outside of Deadeye, which is almost broken when you first get it. Cause you have this like auto paint feature, which makes hunting almost impossible. Mm -hmm. And they're just all these small little, like really hunting is impossible. It's, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. But so like what I did is I turned off all the auto assists, which makes it a little bit better. It's still frustrating. You still really have to like use the dead eye a lot, which so you're just like chain smoking cigarettes is to it, keep your dead eye. Is it core. worth it to turn off the auto? Yes, assist? definitely. Yeah. So and it doesn't automatically latch onto the person. It was, I was the person so you're trying to frustrated yeah. at the beginning of the game. that I was just like, fuck all this shit. I'm turning it off. And it's like, I don't like using aiming mechanics on, on uh, joysticks. Like I'm obviously, like I said, I grew up PC with like race. first person shooters on <laughs> PCs. Um, and it does, look like this uh, game will probably get a PC port eventually but it's also and I'm surprised nobody's talked about this fully playable in first person and oh, let me yeah, tell you what is. if you sometimes flip over into first person mm -hmm. one of the things one of the weird tingles I began to have was like I think this game is kind of meant to be played in first person Ooh. oh yo agreed I've been doing a lot of it in first person um, for the sake of my weird hobo journey thing and it's yeah. so <laughs> So I can like live that character because I'm not it's, close because in real life, I'm not close <laughs> to being that at all ever. Um, but yeah, no. And like you pet dogs in first person or like when you talk to someone or even you shoot someone in first person, it all feels so much more like than yeah. it does on third. I, I agree 100 percent. I do switch to first person a lot for shooting. I do find it overwhelming to stay there, though, because the game does look so good that it is sometimes just overstimulating to have to deal with it in first person. Mm hmm. 
Um, but yeah, the shooting is very fun, and it is it is it is a second game. I mean, the, very few studios have the the ability and the ego to make a game like this. This is kind of a final thought. We'll talk about at the end, but just like like not every game can make a third person game and then also make a first person game too mm-hmm. and have it be the yeah. same game. It's so expensive to do all those extra animations for every little thing. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. But uh, the shooting is the shooting. I find it satisfying moment to moment but yeah i but it does and i feel like especially as the game turns into just like a shootout at the end of every mission it does start to grow old and a part of it is is because it's kind of easy yeah um i think that like the best shooting campaign gang, gang shooters that have campaigns like stuff like the original halo and stuff like keep on throwing new challenges at you um keep on making you deal with new enemy types yeah. i think that this game is just like all you're just shoot you're just like up against a bunch of dudes that don't know how to use guns yeah. like yeah. in every mission and you're just like railing through people yeah. Uh, it's very fun, and the dead eye thing is so satisfying. You get those shots; it looks so good, moment to moment. But I, I do feel like it is. It's like at the end of the day, in such a game that's like so dense and nuanced in all these ways, to have such a primary component of the game be very shallow feels kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to fix it though. I don't know what would make yeah. it better. But it's like also you can't really. As an RPG, you can't get better. Like, the guns don't get that much better. No. You have access to most of the guns at the beginning, and most of the guns you'll be using are the same guns the entire yeah. time. Uh, upgrades, you can buy them all in, in by the end of Chapter 2. Um, it just it feels like... It, the, like uh, Because they are not in the modern world of GTA where you can do stuff like RPGs and even wilder stuff, it feels like they kind of like ran out of ideas in terms of combat. Yeah, I mean, I feel... as someone who is not a shooting guy i don't play a lot of shooter games and when i do i suck ass at them um i don't mind the heavily assisted mechanics i also don't mind that it's a little easy and that it's not like i like that they've sort of like for this kind of game you'd expect combat to be like the preeminent thing they're focusing on i really like that they focus on so much other shit before that like it doesn't i agree because i'm not and like obviously like griff i know you're like a, a sick with the stick shooter dude um and alex sounds like you have a background that stuff too and like I can see how it would be frustrating if you're someone who plays shooters and is good at them to have to deal with that kind of mechanic. But as someone who sucks ass at that shit and avoids them at like all costs, <laughs> it's like totally fine for me. Um, I don't mind at all because it's like, you know, it's that's the le- that's the last thing I come to the game for. You know what I mean? So it's OK that they put that kind of last. But I can totally see how if you do give a shit about that, it would suck ass because it is does seem like it would be annoying if you were good at shooting. Well, here's here's the flip of it. The the close quarters combat the cqc the the, the rough and tumble like punch them up i I love that shit really like yeah dude like if i if i if i'm like able to get in close with somebody it's like all the animations are like really like fully realized Mm -hmm. you can deck somebody while you have your gun out and like that used to be like my my like primary go-to in red dead one which Mm -hmm. is just like like bum rush cover and then when you're close enough if you hit like the the trigger Mm -hmm. uh button you would just do like a close quarters like execution move which would Mm -hmm. just like take the guesswork out of it (laughs) but like i love the weird it almost feels like the last of us sometimes in the way that like the the combat mechanics like are, are sort of sticky and and fun and interesting um and then you contrast that with like trying to do like um any of the gunplay 
in like, let's say like a, like a, like a saloon or like a dining hall or like there's some interior like shooting sequences where it's just like, it, it feels awkward. It's really tough unless you're using the assisted mechanics. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to play it like as a true, like third person shooter or you're using the first person mode, it's like really hard to get your reticle up on some people. No matter what you do with the sensitivity, it just feels like a little, a little sluggish uh, to me. So like sometimes I just default to this like brawler (laughs) that like gets up close. <laughs> and like you sometimes you die but the dodges quickly. and blocks suck in the blo- in the brawl yeah, yeah like, I mean it, there there's a little bit of like uh, fi- figure it out sometimes yeah. sometimes it works on a case by case basis <laughs> but like more often than not it's just fun to watch it looks good and like yeah. there's so many contextual animations for like you know if you get in like a saloon fight mm-hmm. where you get like thrown up against a bar they're like you know unique animations that happen there and like people react dynamically to it and when you're fighting more than one person it's pretty cool too yeah the amount of motion capture technology is crazy yeah. and yeah. i will say real quick just for our mechanics before we go to commercials the way in which they the mechanics for just bumping into shit in this game works like the way you can like hurt your horse or i recently had a guy who i was dragging from my horse because i was angry at him and i tied him <laughs> And I tried to go onto a bridge so he could dangle off the side, but I fucked it up and just smashed him into a rock and he died. Like, that's crazy that you can do that. That you can Because yeah. in a lot of other games, like, I tie a guy to my horse and he's just kidnapped now and you can bump him into whatever. And it's like, he's just going to sit there. But in this game, it's like, no, I accidentally cost myself money and killed a person because I was lazy about my rope work. Like, <laughs> that's so dope. Like, and they have so many little mechanical things like that. And like, again, like I, for the shooting and the punching stuff, like, yeah, it's not 100 percent there. But they just have so many crazy mechanics that just like the amount of just like dudes sitting down and figure out the physics of like walking into a tree or like where your hat goes when the wind blows yeah. shit like that is just like oh my god that's crazy it blows my whole fucking mind my biggest complaint about like the mechanics though is the l2 button oh interesting uh, i just oh yeah like <laughs> let's get that whole button out of here yeah <laughs> once you get once you get interacting with it you know you get yeah. used to it but like I've shot so many people that I've meant to help because I'm like, what was the interact button again? Oh yeah. L2. Mm-hmm. And it's such a little HUD to know, like to see where, uh, what button you need to push. Sure. But yeah, I've shot like three or four people mm-hmm. just because I was like R2 instead of L2. Cause you know, I <laughs> get confused. It's a quick draw. Yeah. Someone did that to a dog when I was playing at their house. They went oh to go like, pet it and they just shot it in the face. And I was like, your turn is over. Oh my I'm God. taking charge now. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a learning curve definitely with with the L2 button. I eventually really liked it. Yeah. I I just liked the ability to really interact with everybody, to greet people, and then to just like keep greeting them and get more conversation out of them. I really liked all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think everyone has had those early hours of accidentally shooting someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's accidentally shoot ourselves into a commercial break. Okay. <laughs> Griffin, I'm in a real pickle. <laughs> well, why don't you go down to Trader Joe's and buy one, you silly? Well, because my pickle's not that I want a pickle. My pickle's that I love peanut butter cups, but if I drink milk, I'll die. It is that damn lactose allergy of yours. Yeah, it's a lactose intolerance of the harshest kind. Now, now tell me what I can do to help myself do it. Maybe, I guess you're Googling it on your phone right now and that's not why you're looking at me. Uh, are, these, are these Trader Joe's dark chocolate uh, not? Don't They don't have milk in them? Do you... 
know what dark chocolate is, Griffin? Is that what dark chocolate is? That's why the other kind is milk chocolate. Oh, okay, buy those. Good point. I guess that's what I'll do. I'll go to Trader Joe's and get some dark chocolate cups. What a great commercial you've done. Is your kid really stupid? Does your kid have no idea what milk is or chocolate? <laughs> yes. Take him out of Trader Joe's and buy him a fucking real snack for once. All right, Internet, welcome back to this episode of the Game Boy podcast. My name is still Lux. Your host is still Griffin Davis, and your guests are still Alex Vaughn and Daniel Emmon. And we're still talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, but now is that part of the podcast where we rate that game, boys? So here's how that works. We are going to go around in a circle and give our final sort of thoughts about the game and give it a rating on a scale of one to five joysticks. And that's how it works. That's the whole thing. You guys are guests who usually go first, but since there's two of you, I don't know who to say to go first. So you guys decide. Yeah. Yeah. You want to start, Dan? And then, uh, yeah. So start with your final thoughts. Um, and I know this is a work in progress review. Yeah. You know, I know none of us have fully finished the game. And I know there are some controversial opinions about the third act of this game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we will definitely have you guys both call in to update your scores <laughs> uh, once we're finished. So don't, you know, you make a commitment now, but that commitment can easily be uncommitted, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Weird take on commitments, Griff. <laughs> so I, I just love being in this world. Um, that alone, like just it, it reminds me of home. I come from Wyoming. They look like the mountains I used to be in all the time. The plains and all that stuff. It's it's so dynamic is the buzzword, I guess, of it. Um, I, I would. It's five joysticks for me right now. That's that's the good one, right? Wow, that's yeah, a good top, one. That's, that's a good top one. score. That's a good one. Yeah. Out of five. All right, Alex, but, what you got? Uh, I reserve the right to change to, to that. withdraw sticks. Yeah, withdraw sticks. <laughs> yeah, withdraw <laughs> sticks. Withdraw uh, sticks. Um, I this is a this is a weird one for me because I this is a game that I have anticipated for almost a decade. Um, I don't get to play as many video games as I used to, uh, but when I do, I really go in on them. And um, this is a game that is going to drive um, next gen open world games for sure. But I think the way that it's put together right now is an assembly of, of so many different parts that when they're working and they're not bugging out, we didn't really talk about that. The game has like a lot of bugs that, you know, have need, need to be addressed. But um, when, they're, when they're all working in concert with each other, it's, it's awesome and you kind of just melt into the world. And it's weird that one of the things that really kind of pulls you out of that mind meld with the game are the ways that, uh, that the story is parceled out. And it's like, it's very old school. It's like, in the way that, you know, The Witcher 3 had a story system where you didn't really know what the main quest was. And I thought that that's kind of what they were going for in this game. And I don't know if it was a last minute, you know, design uh, shakeup or, or whatever, but um, it's very clear what, what the main story is. They're, they're letters, same, same sort of like monogrammed mission markers that have been around since GTA 3. Um, that are highlighted in gold. It's like, that's the story. That's this is the important stuff. And so it does feel like you're kind of doing extra work whenever you're going around to do like some of the side stuff. Um, so all that uh, paired with the, the fact that I'm not done with the game yet, I'd say that it's somewhere uh, between a, a, a three and a four for me Oof. out of five. 
We'll, we'll average that down to a, th- a 3.5 tentatively, right? Yes. Does that sound fair? Yeah. When I finish the game, uh, you know, the whole package might might be, uh, you know, a, a 4 or 5. But right now, there's so much going on that I'm not super sure about yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. It's like That's a 3.5 with the decimals a question mark. Mm-hmm. I like um, that. You know, like I've, given, I've given an N64 as a rating, <laughs> uh, which I don't know what that means. No, we still, uh, no but, one does. <laughs> um, but that, that's like a placeholder rating for me. Um, so I really, really, really like this game. It's definitely the prettiest game I've ever played by far. Uh, and it does so many things right. It makes the side missions fun. It makes me just want to spend time in the world and really slow down in a way that other open world video games uh, don't. I feel like when I'm playing an Assassin's Creed game or anything really over the last 10 years, I'm just kind of like rushing from all from one main quest to the other, just like running by everything, just racing through these environments, just trying to like get my checklist done because that's the pace that the game wants to put you through. It doesn't reward spending a lot of extra time around a mission area or anything because there really isn't anything there. Uh, This game just kind of blows all those other games out of the water in terms of just an immersive experience. And it's definitely, hopefully going to inspire lots of other games to be like that in the future. My concern is that none of them are going to be able to get anywhere close because the amount of money and time it took to make this is insane. And so, like, I do want more open world games to slow down, but I don't know if they're all going to be able to, like, make it worthwhile when they slow down and are like nothing like it, they're it's so satisfying all the small moments because it looks so good and, and, and it feels so good but i just don't think other companies are going to be able to get anywhere close to that anywhere soon so i am curious to see like how much of an inspiration this game truly can be because it's pretty fucking unattainable like i don't think any other company can really make this game right now or have the ego to make a game like this um so that all really boosts the rating for this game, but I am going to detract points for kind of the shallow gunplay and just this feeling of me wanting to play a good guy and kind of not being able to, which is kind of frustrating and hopefully will be fixed in Red Dead Online. So I'm giving the game a four out of five joysticks. Sounds fair. Um, Man, I didn't think I'd be giving it the second highest rating, but I guess I am because I'm going to give it a four out of five joysticks because for me... Things like the shallow fighting and stuff don't really bother me. I love the world. I love all the stuff that you get to do in it. The problem that I have with this game, which also uh, it goes sort of towards what Alex was saying, and also to do with The Witcher, or at least compare the comparison to The Witcher, is that in some ways the game feels really the game's world feels really big, but in other ways it feels really in other ways it feels really small. Like it feels like this the swath of of the West in which you exist is the whole world, and there's not much stuff outside of that. Whereas The Witcher, what I loved about The Witcher so much is that everywhere you went you were hearing about other countries and the things other people were doing and the broader geopolitics of everything around you so it made you feel like even though your quest mattered it wasn't the only thing that mattered in the entire world whereas in this game i do kind of get that sense of like you're the star of the movie not just a person in the universe and so that sort of sucks and like it's a little glitchy and and the acting's not or the the line writing is not my favorite the cinematics and it just doesn't quite the game this game wants to be is like a 55 out of five joysticks, right? But it just can't quite get there <laughs> in every way. And so it just falls a little bit short in these ways. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. I think it's really good, but I just don't. I mean, like I said, any game where I can like hijack the game's parameters to make a game about like a stinky homeless man who just wants to make a friend. 
um, is like a pretty good game, (laughs) but it's just not, it's just not all the way there for me um, at all. But that that stinky homeless man is going to be forced to do things and missions that he would never have done. Yeah. I mean, like take a bath. (laughs) There is a mission. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. There you are. Um, So that uh, is our ratings on Red Dead. Um, That means it's time for our segment entirely out of segments. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the segment segment. Griffin, do you have a segment this week? I told you I didn't have a segment. Are you just trying to shame me? Well, I just couldn't think of a better way to segue the way that we only have one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. I I could come up with one. It's called Dark Chocolate. Ah, nope. the topic about okay. which Griffin knows less than anyone in the world. Um, no, Griffin. Griffin was great. He helped put together a double a double thing and planned out how we we're going to do this. So Griffin has every right to not have a segment this week, but I barely did anything, yes. which means I do have a segment, um, and it's the segment you think it is, but a little bit different. That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite game show about analingus. It's time for Do They Eat Ass? I will present you guys with three characters, and you guys will decide whether it is through combative uh, conflict or collaborative conversation whether or not these characters eat ass. But I will pre- present you with a Question first, do you guys want to play Stan Lee edition or Detective Pikachu edition of Do They Eat Ass? Man, this is so tough. Well, Detective Pikachu. I think Detective Detective Pikachu Pikachu. because we're all scared of you and your Stan Lee opinions. (laughs) I was just going to use Marvel characters for that. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that was the difference. Okay, great. We're doing Detective Pikachu edition, which means that your contestants are the Pokemon that I most remember from the Detective Pikachu trailer, which is to say Pikachu, Mr. Mime, (laughs) and Charizard. Now we're talking of their visual representations in Detective Pikachu. Weird CGI puppet felt versions. Yeah, (laughs) those versions. So we'll start at the top. Does weird CGI felt version of Charizard eat ass? Take it away, gentlemen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) A very slow lean in. Yeah, I would describe this new Charizard as crusty. (laughs) <laughs> oh, like crusty, like uh, like leather jacket and patches and a dog. Uh, yeah, he's kind of or crusty, like I haven't showered in a few days. <laughs> I think he's a little bit of both. I think he's a little bit of a crust punk. Um, I, I saw him in the, in the trailer in a fighting ring. Is that where yeah. we saw Charizard? Yeah, uh, he looked like uh, he hadn't like bathed in a long time. Big change from the original Charizard. I feel like I feel like OG Charizard has mm. no interest in Analingas. Mm. Oh yes, uh, yeah. OG Charizard is kind of a diva and is very like solo. Like I'll oh, get enough gym badges and then I'll respect you. Uh, this new Charizard seems kind of down and dirty. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it ends with him looking like he's about to perform it on Pikachu. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he does look like he is trying Good to eat Pikachu's point. ass. In the Very. context of the scene, that will all be revealed. So, yes, we're saying Charizard does eat ass. All yes. right, let's move on to our next one in line. We're talking Mr. Mime. Does Mr. Mime suddenly a cop eat ass? <laughs> Wait, Mr. Mime is a cop? Isn't he doing the interrogation that's in? Well, I know he's being interrogated. Oh, he's yeah. being interrogated. I only watched Pikachu, once. Pikachu, this is the year of, of cops. Spider-Man is a cop now. Pikachu is a cop. All right, well, but Mr. Mime, who is not a cop, does he eat ass? He's more of a shove it guy. Whoa. Shoving things up. <laughs> up, up, up someone else's? Someone else's. Just putting stuff up there. That makes sense. He doesn't use his mouth at all. He's a mime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, Mr. Mime doesn't let anyone get too close to him. You know, he's always standing in a tiny box. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very aloof inside his glass case. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I feel like if I ever tried to seduce Mr. Mime, he would make me feel like a goddamn fool. <laughs> I don't fully understand what that sentiment means, but I'm into it. <laughs> well, it's just like I'm giving, I'm giving off clear sexual energy, Mr. Mime, and you're just miming. <laughs> you're still. just 
I'm still in fishing. Um, <laughs> this sucks for people who can't see me because I was just miming out stuff. It's confusing. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, we um, saw it. It sucked for us, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe it sucks more for people who can see me, honestly. Um, and let's get to the main event. Everyone wants to know, does furry felt CGI version of Pikachu eat ass? Talking Pikachu. Like talking a Pikachu that only CGI talks to Pikachu. Are, are you asking me if Ryan Reynolds... Eats ass. Well, the character Pikachu. They call him Ryan Reynolds in the movie. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Pikachu. Yes, definitely eats ass. Are you guys all agree on that? I, I mean, I'm I'm just that's my personal opinion. All right. Well, I I have to disagree because that Pikachu's a cop, and as we've established before, cops <laughs> do not eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not. Uh, can you can you fill me in on? Oh, just that. Why, um, why that's true. I don't like cops, and I think that eating ass is a noble activity, and I don't want them to be conflated. <laughs> is basically the framework through which I reach that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, no one who ever goes into law enforcement is noble in any way, trying to protect people. <laughs> no, they, if they were on to be noble, they'd be firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if uh, if it was if it was firefighter Pikachu, it would be pretty. Oh my unanimous. god, he'd be full body in the mix. Um, I, the reason that I say yes is because. This is Detective Pikachu. He's seen some shit. You know, he's he's older. He's grizzled. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think he does. All right. Well, you can either tie it up or make me thoroughly outvoted. Dan, mm. what do you think? Does Detective Pikachu eat ass? Kingmaker. I'm going to do it. Uh, I think he's more into the shocker. Yeah. Law. We don't always it's not always unanimous. And sometimes we all feel a little bit different about these things. And that's just the world we live in. Um I'm glad we could get there civilly without devolving into a, a true argument. But people probably want to know more about you guys beyond your taste and who doesn't does not eat ass. So where can they find more about you guys, Alex and Daniel on the old internet? Uh, I'm on Instagram. If you want to give me a little follow, I'm at the only Al sex T H E O N L Y A L S E X. I'll leave that to the imagination. <laughs> uh, I'm on, uh, all the social meds. Uh, you can find me <laughs> as Daniel Emmons on all those. Or uh, Velo Hearth on Instagram. Also, uh, I'm on a sketch te- couple sketch teams. Uh, Night Church, which is a genre sketch show uh, sketch team, and Cutscene, which is a video game sketch show. So, oh, if you're in the LA area, check that out. Yes, uh, yeah, we, we've got Night Church from Dan. We got Detention from Alex Vaughn. Hey, what's here. up? <laughs> Uh, go check a, go check them out at the Pack Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard, or on, you can find out their shows on social media. Uh, some very funny stuff going down there. Uh, as for me, you can find me on the Instagrams, Game Boys Pod, or the Griffin Davis. Lux, how about you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ML Surfboard. Uh, please write a five star review for this show. Write a nice review. Give us a good rating. Help other people find the show. And it's that time again where we're doing the Indiegogo of Party World Wrestling. So hop on over to the Facebook page and click the link and see if you want to buy a cool shirt or a sweater or a temporary tattoo. <laughs> and I also think we're actually selling bags of sand this time, which you can buy if you want, but I don't know why you would. Call me when the tattoos are permanent. Uh, we have somebody who does permanent tattoos. <laughs> we, had, we got that on deck, dog. 
Um, we got it all. But anyways, um, that's where you can find us. But most importantly is looking up the show, uh, giving us a like on Instagram, on Twitter, and uh, checking out the show on iTunes and subscribing and writing a review and giving us five stars. Anyways, that's been the show. I've been your host. My name is Lux. Your host is Griffin Davis. Your guests are Alex Vaughn and Daniel Emmons. Your editor is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Moore. And your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Red Dead Redemption 2. 